All right, welcome into Educational Leadership on the Go. I'm your host, Dustin Bain, and we are at MAESP 2019, and that is Missouri Association Elementary School Principals in Osage Beach, Missouri, down here at the lake, as most people would refer to it in the St. Louis area. As you know, we are based out of St. Louis, Missouri, and we are on the road for this episode. Uh, This is the yearly uh, MAESP uh, conference, and it is full of principals from around the state of Missouri uh, joining together to do a lot of learning. And I will tell you what, I have two outstanding principals with me today. We wanted to get some insight uh, from others around the state. Uh, usually, Ryan and Jamie are with me, and we're based out of St. Louis, but I thought this was a great opportunity to get input from other principals from around the state. Um, I met Jenny and Brad through the Leadership Academy, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that as we go along. But um, two great people, uh, and they turn themselves into great administrators every single day, and I have learned a lot from both of them um, in so many different ways, so it's an honor to have them on here today. So let's get to know our guests. Um, I want to give them an opportunity to introduce themselves. Tell us kind of where they're at right now and, and how long they've been there, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. So Jenny, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, thanks. I am Jenny Hayes, and I am um, the elementary principal in Higginsville, Missouri. I've been in Higginsville for 16 years. I was a teacher for 10 years, and I'm in my sixth year of administration there. All right, so at Higginsville, give us an idea of the school. What's the grade makeup? What's the the size? All that good stuff real quick. Okay, district-wide, we have about 960 students. I have preschool through fifth grade in my building, and that makes up about 500 kids. Oh, great. That's, yeah. So that's, I mean, you're getting over half theirs. So, I mean, yep. that's, that's a lot of kiddos. Uh, Brad, tell us a little bit about you and, and where you're coming from. I'm Brad Owings. I'm from Poplar Bluff, Missouri. I work at the Poplar Bluff Middle School. Um, our student makeup, we have about 5,000 students overall, and 1,200 of them attend the middle school, which in Poplar Bluff Middle School is considered fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Cool, cool. So a little bit uh, different dynamics. And of course, my school is pre-K through fifth. So what's really interesting is uh, the three of us sitting here, this is what's so fun about expanding horizons is, you know, I come from a district about 11,500 just outside of St. Louis. We have one about a thousand and then half, you know, half a ten, you know, so it's really good to see some variety. But you know what doesn't change? What happens in the classroom? You know, it doesn't matter the size. It doesn't matter really anything. And we always talk about that. Uh, it doesn't matter what goes on in the classroom. So real quick, before we jump into the conference, because I think the, the purpose of this podcast is going to be a little bit more heavy on uh, educational leadership. A lot of our pro- podcasts have kind of warped into it could just be leadership in general. Uh, but this will be a little bit more heavy on educational leadership and learning. Uh, and I think teachers, even listening to this, could get some things as I've learned some things that I can take back from our teachers over the last couple days. So, Jenny, just before we jump into the conference, talk a little bit about your why. You, you get into education, you want to get into education. We've always kind of had that story, right? I wanted to be an educator because, but take that a little bit deeper on the why leadership, why principal, what, what, what grabbed you to do that? Um, so in my tenure as a teacher, I had four different administrators, um, in that 10 years. And it was really interesting, the varied types of leadership that I experienced and, you know, the highs and lows of that. Um, when I got into my master's program, I started experiencing, um, that leadership and did my internship, and I, I really learned that um, I enjoyed 
being the principal I wished I would have had. Um, I had I had some phenomenal ones. I had some really good ones, and I had some really bad ones. And um, so then learning and who I wanted to be as a principal and, and what leadership I wanted to bring to teachers. And so just experiencing that, um, making an impact on students and families in a deeper, broader way. Yeah, and, and that last part there, the deeper, broader way, you know, it, it is about – going a little bit further in that role. So I, I appreciate that. Brad, what, what brought you to the administration side of things? Well, of course, you know, I got into education because I wanted to make a difference for kids. But at some point that switched from making a difference for kids to um, trying to build, um, build and influence my teachers and to become a resource for them and to, you know, be a, a game changer for them. And uh, one of the things that uh, uh, I feel kind of helps me remember that is uh there's a video clip by uh uh robert kaplinski i think he's a math guy yeah, kaplinski, anyway, yeah. anyway he has a uh a video clip that he talks about the difference between being an influencer and a um someone who is just in it for power mm. and yeah. um, uh, the, the picture that he shows is a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. standing with just thousands of people around him, and he was an influencer. And then he shows a picture of Kim Jong-il of, uh, yeah. is that, did I say yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. the like Korean that. guy. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, the, uh, the him standing on a balcony also with thousands of people and the difference in how they um, accrued those followers. Uh-huh, absolutely. That's a great visual. Um, well, it is interesting. Our whys usually don't deviate from the main purpose of helping kids. I think, though, you know, I think back to myself, as a young person, you, you might have had a different reason to pull you in, but once you start taking the classes, you you figure out right away why you're going to be into this. So thank you for sharing that. I know uh, a lot of people kind of like to share that testimony and get that out there, and it, and it tells you a lot about that person and, and what they want to do. So as we stated earlier, we're at MAESP 2019. I wanted to let you know if you weren't able to make it or if you're not in our state and you just wanted to see some of the great things, if you're on Twitter, you can do hashtag M-A-E-S-P-19. That's M-A-E-S-P-1-9. And, uh, you know, that is a great way, I don't think of sometimes, of if you see somebody tweet from a conference, just see all the great things going on. And with that said, I think that, in my opinion, this is my first time down here. It's been an awesome conference. I know you guys are veterans of the conference. And, uh, and, and I would say influenced me to be here, so we'll talk about that later, but just that networking piece of drawing people in to, to further their learning. Um, so we're going to kind of run through. Uh, the conference started Saturday evening. Um, you guys braved the cold weather, and we're out there playing golf on Saturday morning. I chickened out on that. And then really hit uh, the ground running Sunday morning as we started attending um, different sessions. And then uh, kind of wrapping up today is Monday, so two full days of learning. Uh, I really like the format of the conference. Um, it's really kind of laid back and allows you as a learner to explore your interests. So just kind of jumping through some of those things, uh, Jenny, I'm going to start with you. As you look at the conference as a whole, we're going to drill down to some sessions. What is something that stuck out to you that you know is kind of as a broad, when they say MASP 19, you kind of think of What? Um, well, the biggest thing that stood out to me is our response to the changes in culture in, in, in what's going on in our society, um, the trauma-informed sessions, um, and how we can use our school culture to mitigate and, and navigate those changes in what we're seeing in our society, and so how we can do that in a positive way for our students and family, and really look into like how are we as schools helping 
to create a better society. You know, that's interesting you say that because that's probably the sign of a good conference, right? When we don't just keep running out the same dog and pony show. You know, and it, yeah. you're right. I, I'm, yeah. That's great that you said that, and uh, I, I see that as well in the in the lineup. Brad, what's kind of stuck out to you as a, as a global perspective? Well, it's kind of along the same lines. You know, a lot of times you'll go to a conference, and it's all about you know uh, capturing the data and how do you use the data to inform instruction and uh, processes that we use in school, like evaluations and the different tools. But this conference has really had um, kind of an overall theme of culture mm-hmm. and uh, how do you build culture with your teachers, staff, families, um, and how do you use that to um, basically uh, market and brand your school and, and, and just keep your, your school in a positive light in the community. Yeah, you know, uh, Brad, I'm glad you brought that up because as I was sitting there, um, and you guys will uh, will probably bring up uh, Joe, and how do I say the last name without messing that up, but Joe Sanfilippo, San yeah, San uh, the uh, superintendent uh, out of Wisconsin that came down and was a keynote speaker. You know what I thought about, Brad, exactly as you're saying that, is we are going for a bond issue that does uh, ha- occur a tax increase, and This Wednesday night, I have a musical where I'm going to stand up and talk to third and fourth grade parents and kind of plug it, right? And you know what I thought about it? And he kind of, I can't remember exactly how he put it, is it totally changed how I'm going to present. Because what I'm going to talk about is the things going on at our school for the kids. And then I'm going to say, that's why prop us is important. Because when I've already gave that to like my other musicals and stuff, you know what I lead with? Merrimack's getting $8 million. And we're going to get, and, and, I mean, I don't think that's wrong per se, but when you flip the script and you tell the parents about all the great things, that's going to tell them why it's important to show up April 2nd. You know, and that that to me is totally a game changer for me. So if I walk away with just that one thing, I hope that 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 makes a difference. And that's what Joe that's what Joe said. He said what they see is the story. So what yeah. your parents are going to see at that conference or that concert is what your story is going to be. Yeah, and I think we'll have, but the the stories and really uh, Brad again building on that culture piece and culture is obviously inside the school, but it's also what people see outside when they're not in the school because a lot of people don't have the chance to be inside the school. So you have to show them so much more than we needed to probably in the past, but now we have the absolute opportunity to be at everybody's fingertips uh, at any time. So thank you for the global perspective. Let's drill down a little bit further and talk a little bit about some specific learning sessions uh, that really hit you and felt like, oh, this made an impact uh, to that. So, um, Jenny, what was a session that you went to that you really felt like you were able to draw something from? I'm going to be a little greedy and talk about three sessions. Okay. Sorry. Right. No, that's fine. Um, but both the sessions I went to with Joe Sanfilippo just really ignited a passion to share my story and who we are as a building and get that word out there and really just just honor who we are as a school and be proud of what our teachers and students and families are, are doing and being a part of. Um, and so that, that passion that he ignites really is a good takeaway. Um, and then... Uh, Jill Wright and um, Denise Dunn from Hancock Place talked about a triad room approach that they have um, in their schools with empathy presentation. And we do a couple of pieces of that triad room approach, but it gave me a specific target to add into our approach to responding to trauma and when kids are in crisis and how to add, add in um, a sensory piece and and bring it, you know, they have a crisis piece and then 
um, you, you have a reflection piece at the end, but that middle piece is that sensory piece mm-hmm. where you respond to the whole child and, um, and, and get them through that traumatic situation and hopefully decrease the amount of times they're having those. And so adding that piece in is, I think, going to make a real impact with our students. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And it is the trauma thing um, is so important, and we're all trying to learn how to get through those situations. And it's tough because we all are kind of learning on the fly as it, it has grown exponentially. Well, and it's everybody across the state. What I've learned, it's just networking and speaking to people here. Everybody's experiencing the same things we're experiencing. You know what's funny about that? We're, I've had that conversation. When I started teaching, I was in Chesterfield, Missouri, and uh, you know, it, it, at Wild Horse Elementary, an amazing school, and, and it looks different and feels different as it goes along. Um, but what's interesting is, oh, those kids have affluent families that, you know, all kids have problems <clears throat> and it doesn't matter if you make a lot of money, you make middle or low, you have problems, Yes, you know, and it doesn't matter. We're all battling that. So Brad, what stuck out to you? Well, I'm, I'm also, since Jenny took three, I'm going to talk about three, uh, with the first being Joe Sanfilippo, who, if you don't follow Joe on Twitter, you need to follow him on Twitter. He does a uh, one-minute walk-to-work video and um, some of the most insightful things about how you can uh, connect with families. Um, he talks a lot about how, um, you know, when you call someone to give them maybe a positive referral or whatever, that don't just tell them that their kid's awesome. Tell them why. Tell them what they did that made, uh, made that someone else feel awesome. Uh, so there's that one. And then um, I also went to... Uh, the Lead Like a Pirate session with Beth Huff, who uh, is always an amazing session. This year she had a little bit uh, different stuff, and so that was good. She's She really um, has more stuff than you can even uh, process. So we, we saw a session by Renee Vaught and uh, Becky Drummond, and um, one of the things that Becky uh, talked about is um, having her staff journal to each other and uh, talk about, um, they, they pair up, and so they, they journal about one person, and, and they talk about some of the great things they do. And so I think that uh, builds kind of a, a culture of appreciation and gratitude between your staff that um, will um, just help bring your, your uh, teachers closer together. Yep. So that, those are the three, my top three. We both talked about how we're going to go back and implement the we're journaling. Do that, yeah. yeah, so I may, that might have been one that we talk about with next. But um, with the journaling, it's interesting because um, all of us, Becky and Renee, and all of us are connected through Leadership Academy, which is somewhere they picked that up, right? And and we did that as a group. And for those out there that want more information on that, uh, and, and I'm going to go a little bit into that because I think that's a point that could be implemented by a lot of people is – so in, in Leadership Academy, you're paired up with these people you've probably never met in your life, and within like 30 minutes, you're told that you need to watch this person for the next three days, and they don't know about it. So, for example, if Jenny's sitting next to me, I'm told I have to watch Jenny and really study her and understand her and, and really pick out those things that I really notice about her as a leader, but she doesn't know that I'm writing about her. And so... At the end of the three or four days, we have that uh, positive bombardment, um, and we talk about each person, but also we kind of reveal who we've been journaling about. And I can tell you, David Quans was the person that uh, we actually were doing it on each other and didn't know it. It is literally, I can tell you, I can't tell you where a lot of things are in my house, but I can tell you exactly where that journal is right next to my bed, and I have pulled it out on more than one occasion just to look at it. And so... 
it's such a powerful thing, and I and I was talking to Becky about that last night. I really am thinking about that as well uh, next year, and thinking about implementing that. And and she talked about what I love is, you know, she did it last year, and it didn't work. It worked. And they loved it, and the staff wanted to do it, but they also still made tweaks to it. Um, and she probably talked about that at she the at the about changes for next year. Right? Yeah, and so we're always tweaking that. But think about how powerful that is. Put yourself in a school where we're grinding and we're grinding and we're grinding. And part of that could be accountability, like, well, somebody's watching me, <laughs> you know, the whole time. But then also that um, how we can kind of lift those up around us. Um, and how many people in our school go um, and do their job every single day, and, and we don't really take the time sometimes to recognize that, um, I think that can be very, very powerful. Uh, you know, for me, uh, I had Laura Watkins and Renee Cummins at Real Time PD. Um, that's their company now. They're retired teachers, and they're from Neosha. Uh, and they were at that elementary school um, and just retired last year. And it was interesting. They were put in a FEMA storm shelter as part of the school. They got part of that building, and they team taught. And these two uh, are amazing. They are awesome, awesome, awesome. The, just in short, what I took away from it is it was really good to, as a principal to see some of their skills that I could actually show our staff in staff meetings. But it was all about student engagement, and they actually showed their data of their, of their, I think they are third, fourth grade teachers of the data, how their data in their classroom compared to others, and it was night and day. And it was because I'm telling you what, the, every kid in that classroom is engaged every single minute. And what made me think, and I was even texting a fourth grade teacher at our school during it, is it made me think as great a teacher as we are, and, and I remember when I was in classroom, how much wasted time there can be in transitions, in raising hands. You know, there's so many things they've implemented where they can see through hand signals and they can see through talking that you have to be thinking in their class. And there's, it, it's so clear that the required thinking in the class and the required engagement in the class is directly related to the scores. Now, I'm not, you know, Mr. Let's, let's base everything on the scores, but that's a that's a that's a great data piece. Great data piece, especially when you're comparing like students from the same district. Uh, I think that mm-hmm. was that was really really powerful, and I think something that I can take back uh, for our staff. Um, so thank you. That those are all great things. So kind of. You guys might be stealing from the same thing, and, and, and that's fine too. Or you have something else. I went down even further. So then tomorrow or Wednesday, you get back into school. Is there something you're like, I can do that when I walk into the school right away? Is there something that jumped out to you, Jenny, that you, you feel like you're going to implement right away? Yeah, what Joe talked about, about establishing a brand and sharing our story and getting our teachers on board. Our teachers and staff are on social media all the time. They need to start talking about all the great things we're doing and then tag it. We have a hashtag that we use, but as the official person who runs our Facebook and Twitter page, I'm the only one using it. So getting them to use it and kind of establish a protocol of some sort of really selling who we are and getting that out to the community. We also have a bond issue coming up. It's not a tax increase, but it still needs to pass. Absolutely. Um, And so just getting that word out, telling our story. Mm -hmm. And and, and we need to be the ones to tell because no one else is in the building. Mm -hmm. It's us. Yes, absolutely. Brad? Yeah, I would uh, piggyback on that a little bit and just say that I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to try to expand my T-shirt budget because Joe Sanfilippo must have a gajillion T-shirts every day. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to look for ways to um, to increase that 
uh, just to get the message out there and develop our hashtag and uh, make that a place for um, parents, teachers, kids, everybody to go and see what we're doing in our in our um, in our school. I think it's Beth who says, you know, you gotta you gotta flatten the walls and you gotta let people see what you're doing in your building because, like you said, Jenny, we're the ones that are there, and unless we tell that story, um, nobody's gonna know it. And then I do think I will. Um, I think I'm going to try the journal thing when I get back and uh, give everybody an accountability partner and maybe do that the last quarter of the year. That's a good idea. Well, in this time of year, what a great way to kind of uh, pick me up. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things with the journaling. What's the worst that could happen? You know, it's it's one of those where um, it's a it's a safe thing to kind of go back, and, and we all need that. I, I think that's a great and uh, to put yourself out there and try some things uh, like that. I You know, I'm going to piggyback off what you said, and obviously – Joe's had a pretty uh, influential piece on all of us, but we have a, her- a hashtag Merrimack made. And, and what we've talked about since uh, I came there four years ago is that we want kids to be proud when they walk out of our school. And so we talk about being Merrimack made when you walk out. And we talk about we did a senior walk last year and we made pins, uh, lapel pins that say Merrimack made. So it's kind of one of those where it's like I could see it's there but I haven't pushed it hard enough. Mm-hmm. And, 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 yeah, and so uh, Dr. Schwabe, my assistant principal, went here last year, came back, and he saw, like, you, you noticed that Joe had in some of his videos the, the, I don't even know what to call it, but the, I call it, like, the publicity back, backdrop um, yeah. that you yeah. see on interviews. And we actually have one. I mean, and we have our logo, and it has the hashtag Merrimack made. But I love how when he hires a new teacher – um, he interviews them like it's a sports or like they got drafted. Um, uh, but everything ends with Merrimack made. And that really pushed me, I think, to sit down and really dissect and look at what am I doing and how can I do it better? Um, because um, as you guys said, the pieces are there. It just takes the three of us in this room to go back to our buildings and be the champion of it, right? And, and that's, you know, we do want the collective leadership. We want our teachers to be on board with that. But if it's not important to us, then it's not going to be important to them. Jenny, you said something that our teachers are on social media a lot, you know, and then that's just in society they are. And I, I think uh, I saw, I was scrolling through the hashtag MAESP, uh, and it just talked about um, – you know, making sure that we're continuing to tell our story, that we're continuing uh, to be the one that's doing it so that others around us follow and they want to be a part of that so that people don't just apply to be at your district. They apply to be at your school. You know, right. that's that's a difference. I don't want just a teaching job. I want to be a teacher at Merrimack Heights. I want to be a teacher at Higginsville. I want to be a teacher at Poplar Bluff with Brad. I mean, I want to be at that school. That is where you're taking it to a, another level. Um, so, and, and actually, Brad, in and, and my notes, you talked about the T-shirt thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, yeah, we actually had our sixth, when we had sixth grade before they went on, the teachers got them one and it said Merrimack made on it. And I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, and then I'm thinking again, yeah. here I am Wednesday night, I walk out and we're at the third and fourth grade and I'm throwing them out. I mean, yeah, you Absolutely. picture it, you can picture it. It's fun. And I think that's part of it too, is like you watch Joe, he's having fun. Yeah. Like yes. he's having fun. And that's, that's another thing you gotta have fun or you're going to go crazy. Yeah. Joe's just, uh, he's super intentional about everything he does. And I think that's one thing that I'm, I'm failing at right now. I need to get better at, and hopefully I'm failing in the right direction and, and becoming more intentional. But um, I mean, he talks about the video where he put out about doing um, 
doing a, a, his custodian's duties for a day. And, uh, you know, there are some important things in that video that he was in, very intentional about. And one was he got his brand out there. Mm-hmm. And the second one was he got um, his custodian's name out there and, and helped, his, um, helped develop an appreciation, uh, you know, for, for that person. And so uh, just be intentional with everything you do. That's, that's kind of, I guess, my big takeaway. Yeah, and you know what's funny is you think about that, and it it's doesn't happen on accident. But for me, I think, Brad, where I, I fail sometimes is I don't take the time to sit down. I want to go. You know, I want, you know, because the, the moment I sit down and think something else is happening. But then when it's done, it's like, oh, I could have done this. Well, if I will slow my body down in my mind and plan that out, I'll, I'll do more intentional things. Yes. You know, we tend to live in the moment because things are coming up at us all the time, and we live in that moment. Now yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I appreciate that. Obviously, that's had um, a big impact. So I just want to ask in general because we're going to kind of switch gears to you guys and your roles and visions that and 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 what you you're proud of where you're at because I think that's important as our audience listens. But is there anything else from the conference itself that kind of stuck out? Or, um, I mean, we hit a lot of a lot of things. So uh, I'll just I'll, I'll keep going on to the next piece. But I did as we kind of shifted went away from the conference to the conference. Now kind of going back away to you guys as leaders. You know, I was part of this with Ryan and Jamie because we kind of hit a point where we were done with our doctorate and we did leadership academy. So naturally, we don't want to stop learning. And so that's what this is all about. So this is our time as the host to kind of sit back and and hear from you guys and share with the audience uh, some great things going on. Uh, So Jenny, when you look at your school um, and uh, our new superintendent, Dr. Patel, was with me the other day and she kind of asked me a question like this and it makes you really think, and you and I have been talking about this, it's hard sometimes when people go, what are you proud of? You're like, oh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. on the spot. But what is something that uh, you've been there six years, you look at and go, wow, I'm glad over time we've accomplished this. Um, we've made huge changes to the way that we do our, our professional learning communities. And um, we get out early every Wednesday and we have an hour of PD. And in two years, I've not led a single session during our PLC time. Our teacher leaders have overtaken that. We have a building leadership team. We have a learning team that kind of focuses on readers and writers workshop. Um, and, and they have taken ownership of developing that and following um, what the teachers are wanting to learn about and, and developing that PD. And I give guidance and help and kind of lead from the back um, in those situations. But our teacher leaders have really taken over. And I'm, I'm really proud of the changes we've made with our PLCs. That's awesome. Uh, so w- when you talk about that PD, how powerful that is, I think that's something also to the community that we need to do a better job selling is why PD is important. Yes. You know, because I yes. don't think that all the time it's an inconvenience, you know, yes. and those types of things. Uh, but talking about how are we supposed to move kids forward if we're not moving ourselves forward, right. you know. And so I think that's really important, and it makes me think sometimes, again, that story piece why am I not taking a video and going, hey, while you're, while you, I know it was tough getting a babysitter today, but here's what your teachers were doing. That's so simple. Yes. It's so simple. Yes. Yeah. We're, you know, it's, it's just the, the thinking, my mind frame uh, has to change a little bit. So uh, thank you. And, and it is interesting when your teachers take that lead, man, it, it just pushes the game a, a lot more. Brad? Well, you know, I started the year with um, really five goals, and I could probably go through all of them. And one of them is that we've, you know, developed our PLCs uh, to a point where we're meeting regularly, and we weren't doing that when I started four years ago, and so that's been good. Um, But I think one of the things that I really feel 
Um, I have made some gains in is building some efficacy with teachers and trying to develop some risk-taking and um, helping develop their knowledge base and just, just to make them uh, a better, more well-rounded um, instructor for our kids. You know, it, mine's kind of the same way. Um, and, and when you said uh, out of their kind of, kind of comfort zone, thinking that, uh, and I think we talked about this leadership, no one grows in their comfort zone, right? How many times did you say that, Brad, over the well, entire... I may have said that once or twice. <laughs> yeah. And so now I even had a teacher make me a sign that's in my office, so you'd be proud Sweet. of that. Yeah. So, um, but what I, when I think about that, and, and four years ago, I think about we're going to, as a district, it's, we're, going, we're K through two standards-based report cards. Next year, it's K3. But fourth and fifth, as principals, we could go back and ask them. And it, I literally just like mentioned it, and our fourth and fifth, fifth grade teacher like, yeah, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then our fourth grade teacher, uh, Jason Barr, is like, and I'm starting next quarter because I don't want to be behind third, fourth. You know? So I'm telling you four years ago, that would have not happened. The, the mere thought of just a little bit of change would have been like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. Yeah, and, and I think as teachers, we sometimes want things in a box, and it needs to be ready. And I go back to when Joe said, yeah, we'd love all that arrow going in the right direction, and know, yeah. but we know, and I know, those fourth and fifth grade teachers are going to start that arrow, and then it's going to go everywhere, and then eventually it's going to come out straight. Right. And so I but I love the fact that they know it's going to be messy, but I'm not afraid because I know it's what's best for kids. So uh, kudos to you guys uh, for all those things that you're doing uh, in there uh, in the schools. So we look back. Let's look forward. So, Jenny, as you look forward, where do you want to grow your building? Um, Well, you talked about standards based grading. We're actually next year we rolled it out one grade level at a time and next year we're going to have our final grade level roll out but in the process we've learned that we need to make some really significant changes and so we're going to make some significant changes to the way we're doing standards-based grading and really go to standards-based grading versus standards-based report cards and yeah. there's a difference yeah. Yeah. and so analyzing that and doing the work that it's going to take to be intentional and in making that process um, really reflect who our kids are and what they know. Yeah. And, uh, see, that's to me is where like, I'm thinking, okay, then I'm going to reach out to Jenny cause we're going to be in the same boat. You know, yeah. we, our teachers want to do it, but they know, and they're confident that Dr. Schwabe and I will support them and we'll get that, but that's going to be up to us to make sure we have a common understanding. And when you're making a switch, it's the perfect opportunity to call a timeout and go, let's go back and revisit this right. and make sure that we all are doing this, uh, the right way. So, yeah. uh, kudos. We'll probably kind of be in the same boat and share some conversations. Brad, going forward, what's that's look like for you? Well, I think that uh, we're kind of in the same boat as you guys as far as the grades. We, we, um, we have a very traditional model of grading at the middle school. Our elementaries have gone to standard-based grade. Uh, I would love to see us get more in that direction and um, just getting rid of some of the old notions about grades that, you know, you need to take certain amount of points for daily work and you need to be doing this for tests and, and, and so on. Um, you know, daily works practice, you know, you're not perfect on the first try. So practice is practice. So we want to focus on, you know, what we can do with grades, um, and then, um, innovation a little bit, but, um, I don't know. There's there, I, I feel like I'm just going in a hundred different directions and, and we're an MMD school, uh, this year. And so, um, one of the big pushes for us is that Hattie work on, um, kids, uh, being assessment capable learners and taking some ownership of, of what they're doing, and so I think if I, not to duplicate what you guys are talking about with grades, but connected to that is uh, helping kids um, take ownership of their learning and um, just um, 
I don't know, just self-assessment. Yeah, self-assessment. I mean, when you look at Hattie's work, self-assessment's huge. It's yeah. like they believe like in the top yeah, ten. It's like self-grading, um, and and we've and we've really talked about that as well. And and it's uh, like a uh, the Hattie stuff. We are really in in a nutshell. Um, you know, when they really redid everything, um, the uh, cultural efficacy and the and the efficacy among your building um, is huge, and that's really what we're looking at. Um, for us as a building moving forward is, you know, especially in reading, we have to have a systematic process. You know, I've, I've shared this, but I was in a meeting with our high school principal because we were talking about standards-based grading and, uh, and whatnot. Um, but he goes, you know, Dustin, I just would love for all fifth graders to walk out on grade level in reading, on grade level in math. And, you know, sometimes we make things harder than it really is. And so it really motivated me to go back to our building because we've made huge strides in reading to say, okay, what are our gaps? Where are we missing the boat a little bit? Let's tackle it. But when we walk in next year, we need to make sure that we have a system in place K through five that has the tools and the training to make sure that we can do our best to make sure those kids walk out on grade level. And right now we kind of have some gaps, not from anybody. It's just, through the transition process to more balanced literacy and doing more individual learning and reading, we've kind of gotten there. But now the arrows are starting to align. So um, really trying to continue that road, but really tying it all together. Um, but what I really like hearing is the is the grading and reporting. That was one of the first podcasts we did with Dr. Patel as a guest. But what why I say that is because I think in buildings, when you're going through change, some teachers and principals like myself, you kind of think, like you kind of feel like you're the only one doing it. But what's, what's validating is when you get three professionals from three different places in the state and you're really doing the same thing, wow, we must be doing, be doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it validates our work and it kind of gives you motivation to think you're right, we're moving in the right uh, direction. Um, so that's, that's kind of one of the things I wanted to end with um, is that networking piece. I, I think when people hear the word networking, they sometimes think you're trying to get a new job. So I got to get out and I got to talk to people and I got to find right. where I'm going to be next. When I think of networking, I think about what's going on right now, learning from each other, having conversations, uh, talking to this person and finding out, oh, I'm not the only one or I really like that idea. How can I bring it back? Um, And so that's what's brought us three sitting here is because. We all took different chances. You guys went to Leadership Academy at one point. Then you went back to be leaders. I was like, oh, that sounds like a good idea besides a 13-mile hike or however many hours we were out there. It was great. Uh, But we all took that spot. Why do you think networking slash kind of continuing to push yourself, what has it done for you or why do you see such an importance in that? Well, for me, it allows you... I mean, it just, it's that growth mindset allows you to make connections and open doors for opportunities you wouldn't have had, um, presenting at conferences, connecting with people from DESE, partnering with other leaders and learning. And it's always about learning. It's about making those connections so that you can be a better at what you do. And so that learning from other people, making those connections, it opens doors. I've met people through facilitating leadership Academy that I never would have met before. Um, I'm in my doctorate program right now and I'm doing things with what I'm getting ready to do for my dissertation that is also like furthering that open connection and, and, and just building those connections that you know are going to bring really great opportunities into your life. All right, absolutely. Brad? 
Well, I, I would agree with Jenny. I think um, the connections and the learning, um, you know, I, I can think of people that any question I may have or any problem that comes up in my building, there's someone out there who's gone through it before, and um, I probably have met them and or know them, and yeah. so I can, you know, I can kind of get with them. I also, I, I just love being a connector for other people as well. So if I know, you know, Dustin's over here and he's got this going on, and I know somebody, you know, across the street at Grandview Elementary can answer that question, I want to try and put them together. And mm-hmm. so I think just being being a connector and helping people um, make those um, connections. Yeah. Not yeah. to be redundant. Right. But yeah. yeah. No, you're exactly right. And, you know, I will say, Brad, that is one thing I think that you do well is, I mean, shoot, we used uh, the role of the principal, you know, was one of our, uh, a podcast that has got as, as many listens as anything, because I think people outside of even principals see that whole captain and crew right. uh, dynamic. So I think you do do a good job. And that's one thing I definitely could be better at and cultivate among, you know, my colleagues, um, because every, every, everybody's different. You got a different culture among, among your colleagues. So um, I, I have learned a ton from you guys um, along the way. Uh, I have loved getting to know you guys over the last year and a half and, and being connected and networking with you guys. So uh, I think this is going to uh, be a podcast that people can get in their car tomorrow and when they're driving home can learn a lot from. And just along the way, we, we gave a lot of content um, that's heavy to educational leadership. Um, and so for those listening uh, out there that kind of listen and, and, you, and you go into the business world with, this one may not be up your alley as much. Um, but uh, with that said, we do ask that you continue to share us out there. Uh, it is totally word of mouth. Um, uh, what's going on so you can subscribe on iTunes at Educational Leadership on the Go. Uh, I want to thank Jenny Hayes for being here and Brad Owings for being here, two outstanding principals and, and giving up their time uh, in a busy schedule. I really appreciate that. So, uh, Jenny, what, before I let you go, what's your uh, Twitter handle? At Jenny Hayes, E-D-U, and it's Jenny with an I. Yes, Jenny Hayes, E-D-U, and Brad? My Twitter is at Brad Owings, and it's B-R-A-D-O-W-I-N-G-S. All right, so hit them up, follow them, um, and uh, like I said, hashtag M-A-E-S-P-19. Um, you can see what's going on down here, so we uh, appreciate you joining us, and we will see you and hear you on the next podcast.